Welcome back to another episode of the Think Podcast with Joel Sedicase. I'm Joel Sedicase, and this is the show that tackles impossible questions from a biblical perspective to help you explain, share, and defend the Christian message. Now, uh, if you've been watching the Think Podcast for a while or listening to the Think Podcast for a while, you know that apologetics is a major area of concentration for us. It's where I do a ton of my work and where we get to have a ton of fun. So in this episode, uh, I want to focus on apologetics, but I want to focus on specifically how do we teach apologetics to kiddos, to the children that God has entrusted us to disciple in the Lord and to to raise up as little disciples uh, who will someday, Lord willing, grow up to be big disciples. And uh, so that's what we're going to talk about today. And I want to talk to you about five steps to introducing apologetics to your kiddos. Earlier today, I used my own kids as guinea pigs. I sat them down and you know what? I don't think I need those. I sat them down and tested out what I'm about to say to you on them. And it worked great, but I made a few tweaks, incorporated some of their ideas. So quick shout out, Jacob, Fia, Lucas, and Joe, thank you for your help, for listening, and for your insightful feedback. And yes, I'm talking to my kiddos. Now, uh, I sat my kids down and I said, apologetics is a very important way of speaking to people that every Christian needs to know about. And it all starts with the Bible. So let's go through these five steps on how to introduce apologetics to your kids. We're going to keep this brief, practical, and hopefully it's going to help you think. Step one, talk about the Bible. So I started with some basic biblical truths that my kids knew from the catechism, catechids, which is the catechism that I wrote for my own kids. So I started with catechids, which is the catechism that I wrote for my own kids when they were little that other churches, families, and ministries have picked up and found relatively useful. And in the catechids catechism, it kind of goes like this. What are the two ways we learn to know God? Answer, by his works and by his word. What do we call the word of God? The Holy Bible is the word of God. So then I explain. This means that we can trust the Bible. We can trust God's word to be our guide, both in what to believe for ourselves and how to guide other people to God. Now, then I move on to step two, which is to talk about the gospel. So in order to talk about the gospel, which means good news, we have to talk about the bad news, which is sin and its consequences. So what does the Bible say about sin? What is sin? And my kids know the answer to this is sin is disobeying God. What is sin? Sin is disobeying God. I say, right. So what does the Bible say is the result of sin? For example, what bad things happened when Adam sinned? And the kids know the answer from the catechism is, woe, death, and sin came to all his children. Now, I typically sing that for my kids, or they sing it. They go, woe, death, and sin came to all of his children. So they know that. They know that the consequences of sin is calamity or trouble and death and sin and pain. And what I explained then is that that 
is a curse. A curse is when something bad happens. So what does the Bible say about escaping that curse? Can we escape God's wrath and curse by being good? And my kids know the answer to that is no. No one can be good enough for God. So then you ask, so what does the Bible say about our need? And you introduce this idea of our need for a Savior. How can we escape God's anger and curse? We must be saved by the Savior God sent. All right. So what does the Bible say about how God provided a Savior? What has God done to save sinners? And the answer, according to the Catechism, is that God loved us and sent his Son to die for sinners just like me. Now, if you haven't gone through the catechism with your kids, or you don't have a similar catechism that you're using for your kids, you just want to go ahead and introduce these concepts. Sin, the curse of sin, uh, how, how do we escape the curse of sin, our need for a savior. You're going to introduce the idea of sin and the need for salvation in order to introduce the gospel and then bring it from the gospel to apologetics. So right now we're still talking about step two, which is the gospel. So then you're going to bring your kids into a, a quick conversation on what does the Bible say about how God provided a Savior? So we need a Savior. Um, how can we escape God's anger and curse? We must be saved by the Savior God sent. And what did God do to send a Savior? God loved us and sent his Son to die for sinners just like me. And then what about salvation? How do we appropriate this salvation? Kids, how do we get saved? How do we know that God has forgiven us of our sins and and won't hold our sins against us. Well, the Bible says that I must repent and trust in Jesus as Savior and Lord. Quick side note, if you're using catechids, all of the questions, at least 99% of them, 98%, have Bible verses underneath that you can cross-reference if you want to do further um, explanation as to where these answers are coming from and how your kids can know that these answers are actually biblical. So I highly recommend going and looking up those Bible verses when you take your kids through the catechism. So God loved us. He sent his son and I must repent and trust in Jesus as savior and Lord. Okay. Now that's true for me. That's true for us as Christians, but is that true for everyone? Or is there some other way to God, some other way to be saved? And we tell our kids, no, it's true for everyone. There's only one way to be saved. So the good news, which is what the word gospel means, is that Jesus died for our sins, just like the Bible said. He was buried. He rose again on the third day, just like the Bible says. And he appeared to many. He went back to heaven where he reigns and rules as king. And today, all who repent, meaning they turn from their sin and trust in Jesus as Savior and as Lord, meaning master, king, will be saved, they'll be forgiven, and they will receive eternal life, life that lasts forever. And this is good news. This is the gospel. Jesus died for sinners and rose again. So we talked about the gospel, and that's very important if you're going to talk to your kids about apologetics, because your kids, if they know anything about apologetics, and they're like my kids, they might think that apologetics is forcing people to believe, or they might think apologetics is proving people wrong. Now, belief, we hope, is an end result. Proving people wrong, sure, that's part of it. But ultimately, as we're going to see, the gospel is all of grace. Salvation is all of grace. And apologetics needs to be rooted in grace and needs to glorify Jesus Christ, who gives us God's grace. So now let's talk about step three. Let's talk about unbelief. Now, many people don't believe the gospel. You explain this to your kids. And so we want to tell them the good news. 
Remember, we're keeping things gospel-centered here, gospel-focused, because we don't want our kids to think that apologetics is all about arguing, debating. It's all about the gospel. It's all about evangelism, getting the good news out to people. Now, oftentimes, we can explain to our kids, oftentimes people have problems with the Bible and what it teaches. They think it's not true. And these problems may be keeping them from believing the gospel. Now, at this point, you want to ask your kids, so what do you think some of the issues are that people have with the Bible? And so I asked my kids, and I'll give you some of their answers. Evolution, meaning they believe evolution is true, and therefore they think the Bible can't be true. Or they just think that there's no God. Or they think that there's many gods. Or they believe in other gods, which people are telling them are true, and they need some people to tell them about God. It, but it can be hard to believe when other people are telling you that something else is true. For example, this is all coming from my daughter. If you were born with parents telling you about not a true God and someone tells you about the true God, you might think that it's weird to believe because your parents believe in something else. And at this point, my wife, Elisa, picked, uh, picked up in the conversation, chimed in, and she said, yeah, people think that religion is bad or they just simply want to sin. They don't want to believe in God. You know, I can remember when I was a kid, my dad was telling me, you know, um, People want to believe in evolution because they don't want to believe in God because they want to sin. Now, that's a very uh, simple way of, of putting that, but that is pretty much exactly what Romans 1 says. People don't want to believe in God. They want to suppress the truth. And oftentimes that does go on on a very subconscious level. That's not um, necessarily top of mind for them, although they are culpable for it. They are guilty for it. So these are ideas that we're communicating to our kids in, in childlike ways, not childish ways, but childlike ways. Um, my kids continued. They said, you know, they don't want there to be only one way. And it can be hard to believe in a God who is there forever and never had a beginning. So some, sometimes doctrine just might be difficult for unbelievers to understand. Um, some of the other uh, objections that people have, they might say that if you believe in science, you can't believe in God, or they don't believe in sin or that they need a savior. Think about Donald Trump back in 2016 saying he didn't need to repent of his sins. They just they have issues with the Bible. They don't think it's true. Christians are bad. Christians can't be trusted. Uh, all the religions are basically the same, and the Bible and Christianity are no better or any different than any other religion. They may have experienced pain, which makes them mad at God or or um, feel like God doesn't care about them. Or maybe they've just simply never heard. They've never heard of God. So we're talking with our kids about unbelief, and we're explaining to them, look, the gospel is true. God's word is true, but many people don't believe, and they have various reasons for unbelief. Now, at this point, you might be thinking, well, what the heck, Joel, you're supposed to be talking about apologetics. Why haven't we talked about apologetics? Well, the reason why is because this is all prolegomena. This is all set up to get to the uh, the talk about apologetics. So now we're ready. Let's go to step four, talk about apologetics. Okay, kids, how do we respond to people like this? How do we respond to them? And, and your kids might say something like, well, we, we prove to them that the Bible is true. You know, we argue them, we debate them. But the first thing that our kids need to learn is we need to listen. We need to seek to understand. Why? Because we love them, because we care about these people, and we want to share our hopes. We want to know what's going on in their hearts so that we can apply the gospel to their own hearts, not change the gospel, but to communicate it in a way that will speak to them and, and that they'll appreciate so we need to listen, understand, and we need to do this in love and out of care. And then 
we share our hope, the gospel of Jesus Christ. When they push back, when they ask why we believe, we need to be ready to defend our hope, that is, our hope in Jesus, and why it is true, not partially true, not potentially true, not probably true, but 100% solidly true. And we need to show them, the unbeliever, why and how what they believe is not true. And that actually came from my daughter, to show them how what they believe is not true. Now, this is apologetics. You might want to have your kids repeat that term, apologetics. It means a defense showing why the gospel and all that the Bible teaches is true. But what I, what I did with my kids was I took them through this whole training uh, discussion, not much of a training. And at the end of it, I asked them to define apologetics and they couldn't do it succinctly. So I just said this, I gave them this definition. What is apologetics? Apologetics is a defense of our hope. Apologetics is a defense of our hope. And then you can ask them this, what does apologetics do? And then here's the answer. Apologetics shows why God's word is true. Apologetics shows why God's word is true. So what is apologetics? Apologetics is a defense of our hope. What does apologetics do? Apologetics shows why God's word is true. Now, if you have a different definition of apologetics you want to use, if it's accurate, you feel like it'll be easier for your kids, that's perfectly fine. If you have your own definition, you want to post it in the comments, by all means, go ahead and do that. You can post that in the comments right, of the, right in this video. Um, now, the Bible and God's message um, are God's message. The Bible and the gospel are God's message. So we need to defend God's message in God's way. And what I tell my kids is God's word is so powerful, it can actually defend itself. God's word is so powerful that you can use the Bible to defend the Bible. In fact, when we do that, we're showing we actually believe the Bible because we, we don't use anything higher or better than the Bible to defend the Bible because there is nothing higher or better that man has created. And so my daughter at this point suggested, you know, you should really keep a Bible with you when you're talking to people. And that way, if a person comes to you, you can read the Bible to them. So pretty wise words. I thought I would share that with you. And really, when you're doing apologetics, you need three skills. And I want to teach my kids this, and hopefully you can teach your kids this as well. One, you need to ask good questions. Um, you need to ask your, ask good questions. Two, you need to know your Bible, know what the Bible actually teaches. Jesus himself said that the scripture cannot be broken. He said, uh, Proverbs 1.7 says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, and fools despise wisdom and instruction. So we need to know God's word. We need to know how to ask good questions, which again is how we understand people. And then thirdly, we need to pray. Pray before you speak to a non-believer. Pray during, ask God to give you the words, and pray afterwards for God to use the words that you said. And even right now, if you're like, I don't have anybody to, I, I don't know who my kid's going to use apologetics with, who they're going to defend their faith to, well, that's something you can pray for. Pray with them for opportunities to share and defend God's word and the Christian message. Now, one of the things that may come up with your kids is, you know, what my son said was that you need to be very good at proving people wrong to be an apologist. And here's the thing. While it can certainly help to be, quote unquote, good at arguing, 
Every Christian is not good at arguing. I should say not every Christian is good at arguing, and yet every Christian is called to engage in apologetics, according to 1 Peter 3, 15 and 16. So what do you do if you're not that good at arguing? Well, we can actually take comfort, we can tell our kids this, because the Bible says that Jesus will give us the answers. In Luke 21, 15, Jesus says, For I will give you a mouth and wisdom, which none of your adversaries will be able to withstand or contradict. So that's pretty cool that God himself, Jesus himself, will actually give us the answers. So we can trust God. We don't have to be good at arguing. We can trust Jesus. Now, finally, step five, the goal is always to get back to the gospel. We want to show them that the Bible and the gospel is true. We want to, sh- we want our kids to be able to show this to non-believers. And so, uh, what, what my son Jacob said was talking about me. He said, oh, so that's why you always relate everything back to the Bible. And I, that was actually great to hear. I really appreciated him saying that. That was pretty cool. And you know what? When we do family worship, we're reading through First Kings right now. We do always try to point everything back to Jesus. Why? Because we want our kids to get in the habit of relating everything back to the life, death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And, you know, we want our kids to get it in their heads that they can bring every conversation back to the gospel. And, um, you know, my, my daughter at this point, Fia said, you could bring a conversation about fans back to the gospel. I think she was looking over in the corner and saw a fan. You could bring a conversation on and fans back to the gospel. And she was kind of joking, but I, of course, in typical dad joke way, I said, yeah. And you know what? I'm a fan of Jesus. That's right. Yeah, I did that. So Jesus really did die for sinners and come back to life. The person that our child is speaking with really does need to know that and really needs to believe that. And our kids need to understand that their friends, their schoolmates, their family members, the people that they come in contact with, if they commit their lives to Jesus as Lord and believe in their heart that God raised him from the dead, they will be saved. And that is the goal of apologetics. That's the goal that we want to inculcate into our kids. But make sure that our children know as well that even if their discussion partner doesn't end up believing, they can still walk away from that conversation knowing that they led that person to Jesus. Um, if they if they were being faithful to Scripture, if they were doing it out of love, out of uh, compassion that's motivated by Christ, if they were putting the gospel forward as true and God's word is absolutely true. Look, they were faithful at that point. So they shouldn't feel bad if they walk away and the person doesn't become a Christian because that very rarely happens. But we trust God to do the work. After all, we don't save, God saves. And so in catechids, all the kids learn that it's the Holy Spirit in the new covenant who changes sinners' hearts, gives us faith in Christ, and helps us live a Christian life. So apologetics is all about the gospel. It's all about Jesus. We want our kids to know that. And those are five steps to teaching our kids about apologetics. All right, if you found this helpful and you want to learn more about how to disciple your own kids and get some resources for that, you can go to thethink.institute slash catechids. And if you want to support the Think Institute, you can go to give.crew.org slash 101-8841. All right. I hope this was helpful. Hope you heard something that you um, can put into practice. And um, 
If you enjoyed the video, please give it a like, subscribe to our channel, and go ahead and hit that bell so you never miss a moment. If you're listening on the podcast and you haven't done so, please give us an honest five-star rating and review and tell your friends about the Think Podcast. Thanks so much. God bless you. And until next time, I hope it means you think.